The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 122 of the Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the Spurs lost a close one to the Wizards, 127-106. to 106. The Wizards effectively ended a 22-game losing streak in San Antonio dating back to 1999. So that's a big win for them, and, uh, you know, they they just did too much for the Spurs. Spurs kind of stayed consistent, ran a little bit, but uh, just didn't have enough firepower to hang with the Wizards. Drew, what were your thoughts about the game? Yeah, I think the Wizards played a really good game on offense. They had all of their starters in double figures. They had two coming off the bench with double figures, so seven guys with 10-plus points, and they scored 127 points. They were great. The Spurs, on the other hand, I think we weren't very good shooting the ball. We had a 43% percent from – we shot 43% from the field and 24% from the three, which is not very good. We did have another good game from Keldon. Zach Collins played tough, but the Wizards just got us by 21. Yeah, I was really impressed. I The Wizards were more of a team than I expected them to be, to be honest. Bradley Beal ended up scoring 21 for them. Uh, what's his name? Denny, Denny what, Avdija from the bench. Uh, golly, he lit us up off the bench. He had 25 points on 10 to 12 shooting and nine boards. And, uh, of course, Kristaps Porzingis has chipped in 17. Kyle Kuzma, 16. The Wizards, I walked away from this one thinking they were a little bit better than I had anticipated. So, Good win for them, not so good win for the Spurs, but it does leave us third overall in the lottery standings, which is where we want to be. We want to be in that top three just because the lottery odds favor the top three more than the fourth, and there's there's more of a chance to get that number one pick. Um, our record drops to 14 wins, 37 losses overall. The Wizards improved to 24 and 26 overall. Let's get to our top two, bottom two. Uh, Drew, what do you got for your top two? Yeah, so for my number one top two, I went with Keldon Johnson again. He's my number one top two for, I think, the third straight game. Keldon Johnson was really good. He scored 26 points, four assists, four rebounds, two steals. He shot 12 of 21 from the field and two of seven from three-point range in 34 minutes. That is three out of the last four games Keldon Johnson has put up 25. He's on a really good tear right now for the Spurs. My second top two, I decided to go with Zach Collins, who played a really good game. He had 16 points, 11 rebounds, chipped in two blocks, and he shot 6 of 10 from the field and 1 of 2 from the three-point line in 22 minutes. I think both of those guys were deserving, and they made my top two. All right, good deal. And, um, yeah, Zach Collins, I thought he had a great game. I also had Keldon as my number one. I thought his, his night was really strong for the Spurs. And he has, he's really stepped it up quite a bit lately. Um, you know, big night for him. My number two was uh, Jeremy Sohan. I liked his game again, really developing and coming on as of late. 17 points, five assists, just doing it all for the Spurs. 
I really like what he's developed and become into the one-hand bandit. So uh, great job by Sohan. What about your top two, Drew? I mean, sorry, bottom two. Yeah, so for my number one bottom two, I decided to go with Doug McDermott, who had six points, a rebound, but the shooting was off. He shot two of nine from the field and two of five from the three-point line in 22 minutes, so Doug McDermott is my second bottom two. I mean, my first. And my second bottom two, I'm actually going to go with Joachim Pertl, who had seven points, um, five rebounds, but shot two two of five from the field. I don't think he did enough offensively. I just want to talk about Elkham Pirtle here for a second. I think he hasn't been doing very well in offense lately. I think he used to average about, what, 13 to 14 points. Now yeah, it's all the way down right. to 11. After that injury, he hasn't been scoring a lot lately. So he's my number two on the bottom two. Let's hear you, who you have. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick with Pirtle. I also um, I had Blake Wesley as my number one. I just thought that game for him coming off the bench – there's certain nights where he has it and certain nights where he doesn't. Uh, he turned it over, missed both of his shots he took. and Anyway, just Blake Wesley seemed to take a little step back from what I saw last night, so he's number one. My number two, I also had Doug McDermott, too. Two of nine shooting is just not a Dougie McBuckets type game, so that's why he was my number two. Now it's time for the segment of our show. I, I was going to do this before top two, bottom two, but we were just kind of rolling into it. But we did our Tankathon draft simulation of tonight. We've also talked a lot about the players that are going to slot up there. So as we move forward in episodes prior to the draft coming up in you know lottery in May, draft in June, we're just going to give brief summaries of the guys since we've already kind of touched on them. Until so, like right before the draft, we'll start yeah. diving in again. Yep. So tonight's lottery simulation Slots us at the number two overall pick. So we have the third worst record, but we lottery put us up in the number two tonight, which most likely would give us Scoot Henderson, the six foot two, one hundred ninety-five pound guard from the G League Ignite. Drew, what are your thoughts about Scoot? Just briefly. Yeah, Scoot Henderson. Uh, I think he's really athletic and strong. I think he's a good scorer, a good passer, and a good on defense. I think he will be one of the best guards when he enters this league right away. I think he'll be. 20 points a game right away when he comes to this league. Whoa, 20 points. So my deal about Scoot is I would love to have that in the pick. By most analysts, they say that Scoot Henderson would be your number one pick in any other draft except for this one with Victor Webb and Yama. Since 2003 probably. Yeah, so your number two pick is no consolation prize. He is going to be a leader and a starter and most likely an NBA all-star. Also, last thing. Drew and I are going to get eyes on Scoot uh, Henderson next week in Austin as he plays in Cedar Park against the Austin Spurs. Well, actually, we'll probably break down that game a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about him and kind of see what we saw, but uh, everything I've seen, they're grown man. So, All right, now it's time for our question of the day, and tonight's question comes from Muhammad from Houston, Texas. Muhammad asks, a few episodes back you mentioned plus-minus being considered more in your evaluation of individual players. Could you please explain to us what plus minus is in basketball? And so it's funny because I'm glad you asked that question because I was on that for a little bit about trying to figure out what the uh, plus minus was. But it's actually way more simpler than I realized. It's basically the net changes in the score when a given player is on the floor. So I wondered this because one night last year against the Spurs, LeBron James had like 41 points and eight rebounds and seven assists. 
and his he had a bad plus minus. Well, that's just because the guys he was on the floor with weren't very good. So it's not really a reflection of the player like I originally thought it was. I thought it was going to be like a statistic like in baseball where they do war, where they take yeah. into account all these stats. No, it is just simply what the score is when that particular player is on the floor. So it's not as impactful nearly as I thought. But I'm glad you brought that question into light, Muhammad, because – I really am not as big on the plus minus as I originally considered because it can be really inflated. Like one player could stink and have eight turnovers, be the worst player on the court, but have a better plus minus than the guy that was leading score just by virtue of who he's on the court with. So anyway, that's a great question. I'm glad I got to dive a little bit deeper into the plus minus stat. Drew, do you have anything to chime in on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like the stat. A lot of people don't because Keldon Johnson – probably has a minus plus minus throughout this whole season. I just don't like the stat. Yeah. I I thought I did briefly, but I don't after (laughs) looking deeper into it. So I appreciate that, Muhammad. All right. Next one uh, is this day in Spurs history. Drew, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I'm going to take us back to January 30th, 2006, where the San Antonio Spurs traveled to Utah to face the Jazz and a very, very, very low-scoring game. The Spurs ended up winning this game 79-70. to What would you do if you saw that score today? 79, I think something was wrong. Maybe they yeah. only played three quarters. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And we won that game 79-70. to So our leading scorer in this game was Tim Duncan, who had 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Our second-leading scorer was Tony Parker, who had 17 points and 4 rebounds and 6 assists. We had Bruce Bowen, who had 13 points and 3 rebounds. Ginobili, who had 10 points and 4 assists. And coming off the bench, we had Benu Udre. Oh, Benu Udre. Benu Udre, who had 10 points and an assist. The Spurs won this game and improved this season's record to 35-10. Wow. So that is going to be this day in Spurs history. That's the good times, 35 and 10. We'll be back there one day. Yeah, we will. All right. Now it's time to preview the upcoming game. And the Sacramento Kings coming to San Antonio on Wednesday night, the first game of February. It's going to be a 7 o'clock tip. The Kings, we already saw play in San Antonio earlier. Drew and I were at that game. And so we got a pretty in-depth scouting report on what Sacramento brings to the table Drew, what are your thoughts about the Kings? Yeah, so entering this game, the Sacramento Kings are 28-21, and 21, which is third in the Western Conference. I think they have a lot of great players that could just give buckets. They have a lot of great passers, including De'Aaron Fox, who's averaging 24 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. We have DeMontis Sabonis, who's averaging 18 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. Kevin Herter, who's averaging 15 points and three rebounds. We have Harrison Barnes. He had a great game last game. We, we played them. Malik Monk, who's averaging 13 points. Keegan Murray, Trey Lyles, um, and Davion Mitchell, and a lot of other guys. They have two guys that are really great players, and that's De'Aaron Fox and Duanta Sabonis. What are your thoughts on this Kings team? Yeah, so this is our third time playing them. The first time, they beat us by 18 in Sacramento. The second time, they beat us by uh Let's see, 13. Uh, yeah, 13 in San Antonio. That's the one we were at. I think they're really good. I think they're actually a lot better than than I anticipated Sacramento being. But if you ever watch De'Aaron Fox, to me, 
is one of the fastest players I've ever seen on an NBA court. And I think you were telling me he's one of the fastest guys in the whole NBA. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he is just lightning fast. But uh, him, and then you got Sabonis in the in the paint. That's really strong and uh, really. Sabonis is one of the best passing big men in the NBA. So they're really talented. probably number two. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, you're right. After Jokic, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's. Uh, I think the Kings are going to be a tough test for the Spurs. Uh, Las Vegas line has Sacramento win, winning by seven and five, seven point five points. Spurs are seven seven point five point underdogs. Drew, what do you think about uh, your prediction for this game, and who's your player to go off? Yeah, so for my player to go off, I'm gonna go with Trey Jones, who's been really quiet lately. In the past four games, his highest total in that was nine. He hasn't had a ten point game in four games. I think he's gonna change that this game and get him a good twenty points in this game. So he's my player to go off. But my prediction for this game. Give me the Kings to win this game by nine points. I think the Kings need to win this game. They're barely third place, and they want to get a cushion on that third place. So I'm going to go with the Kings. All right. Well, my player to go off is one that I left off my top two, but he was almost there. But Zach Collins, I really like what he's been doing lately for the Spurs, the enforcer, the bruiser, the guy that's not afraid to mix it up. And uh, so he's my player to go off. And actually – Tonight, this doesn't happen often, but I am actually on the same page with you for the prediction. I think Kings get us by nine. I hope we're wrong, and I hope the Spurs catch that dub, especially since we have a little cushion since the uh, Hornets are now one win ahead of us. It's okay to get a win uh, here and there, but uh, anyway, I think it's going to be the Kings in this one. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Spur of the Moment. Drew, would you take us home, please? Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And as always, go Spurs, go!